This episode is brought to you by Billy Zane. Is this a metal thing? Yes. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, your panel of expert hosts hosts each week is uh me doctor i'm dr david day i'm the hold the phd in spookology <gasps> and across the state from me sits dr bryce hansen who also holds a phd in spookology did you finally get your doctorate did you did you publish your your uh what's it called my thesis your thesis yeah i published a lot of stuff a lot of stuff people are not happy about Real science is not appreciated anymore. Is it published in the Journal of Spookology? Yeah, in, okay, in the good. Spookology Journal. Uh, but today, you may notice we have a guest, a longtime friend of the show. We have Sir Maxwell Allen, also known as Max. Say hello, Max, but you unmute yourself first. Hello. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm uh, I'm still working on my undergrad of sp- Spookology, so... I'm not quite as professional as you guys, but I'm learning. Well, it helps to have, um, you know, fresh takes from, you know, quite frankly, the little people. Uh, but, uh, but you know, Max has been a friend. You've been a friend of the show for a for many years, uh, and you wrote and produced our original, uh, our original opening song, which we now use as our outro. Hello, and welcome to that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you finally got that out of there and got some real music in. <laughs> <laughs> we need to we need to do the uh, the remaster and have it say, "Okay, bye." Yeah, <laughs> instead of "Hello and welcome." <laughs> You're right. You are a fan of the show, self-deprecating and everything. Um, Max, you have you have your own uh, podcast effort. You want to tell us about that? Sure. Yeah. So um, I have a podcast. It's called Disc Review. It's a music review podcast. And so me and my co-host, Matt, go over a different album every week. Um, We talk track through track. And I had David on to talk about Slipknot. I had Bryce on to talk about Radiohead. And it was a great time. So um, yeah, if if you're into that, I mean, everyone's into music. So y'all should go over and check it out. And I'm we try to cover as many genres as possible. So hopefully there's something that everyone will like. You ever meet these real chuds who, who you're, <laughs> you're like, what kind of music do you like? And they're like, not into music. <laughs> oh yeah. The concept of that <laughs> is so absurd to me. Oh, you're not into this like core concept of humanity. Shut the fuck out of here. You soulless. Yeah. Baby. Man, I just heard someone like a comedian's retort to that. I can't remember who it was. He's like, "What? You don't like colors?" 
<laughs> you don't not like colors either. I don't believe in uh, the visual spectrum. <laughs> um, sorry if we've offended you. They'd get used to it. Uh, as I said, I'm David Day, and uh, and we got a great website. You can check us out over at horrormovietalk.com. From there, you find links to all the stuff. Um, you guys have been wonderful. You've been checking out our YouTube channel and subscribing, and that should tell everybody else, look, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, we are now a video podcast. We've joined the bandwagon, and it's great, and it's it's well-produced, and it looks good, so you should join that bandwagon too. Um, so thank you, everyone, for subscribing. It's been, it's been huge. Um, we have uh, – do we have a couple new patrons? I think we have at least one new. We While you find that out, we post new episodes every single Wednesday, so make sure to subscribe, leave us a nice review, um, drop us some stars. And if you'd like to give us a call, you can do so by calling us at 682-253-4468. Yeah, we got one new patron, Matt B., uh, just joined, and uh, he's in the three spoopy five me tier. Oh, dang. Which gets him access to voting on movies like this. That's right. This week um, is a patron pick. And this this month, uh, the patrons picked The Mummy uh, from 1999, starring Brendan Fraser, um, which I'm very happy about. Uh, so when we uh, do this, finally do this episode, uh, we'll start out by giving a brief review and a score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. One being bad, ten being good, and five being totally average. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked about this film. Uh, later, we will be doing a bit called Horror Movie Whores, where we just plumb the depths of our voicemail that you guys call us and uh, and see what you guys have to say. Are we going to get uh, through all of them? I don't think so. There's uh, so many. There's a this lot. This might be of like all. a two and a half hour pod. Yeah, no, we're not doing all of them. Uh, I was going to ask you, maybe, would you like to do like a bonus episode where we just get through all those? Yeah, we could do, I mean, we could do that right after. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Um, Anywho, we watched The Mummy from 1999 with Brendan Fraser and Rachel, Rachel Weiss, and we were reminded of a simpler time when unlimited double handguns were the solution to all of life's little problems. So here is the trailer. Where did you get this? On a dig down in Thebes. Jonathan, I think you found something. There is an ancient legend of a place known as the City of the Dead. We call it the doorway to hell. Where the earliest pharaohs were said to have hidden the wealth of Egypt. Are we going into battle? There's something out there. Something underneath that sand. They came to uncover its secrets. Mummies, my good son. This is where they made the mummies. <clears throat> they sought to unlock its treasure. And then there was light. Oh, boy. What they did... Oh, my God. It does exist. I think this may be the Book of the Dead. ...was unleash a force unlike any the world has ever known. You must not read from the book! Ah! 
You have unleashed a creature that we have feared for more than 3,000 years. He will regenerate and no longer be the undead. We are in serious trouble. Do you swim? If the occasion calls for it. Trust me, it calls for it. Universal Pictures invites you. His powers are growing. What? This just keeps getting better and better. To experience the adventure. It appears he's already chosen his human sacrifice. That will live forever. If he turns me into a mummy, you're the first one I'm coming after. Go! In a story as old as time, grave-robbing, gold-digging Westerners invade the ancient city of Hamanoptera and steal the life and death savings of a napping Egyptian pharaoh. The pharaoh, played by a man who should be named Billy Zane, but who is actually named Arnold Vosloo, gets reanimated (laughs) and seeks to reanimate his girlfriend so they can fuck from beyond the grave. Brendan Fraser has guns, a dashing smile, and a seething hatred of unspent shells. Rachel Wise is a bookish librarian who is swept up in this action romp and soon gets more mummy than she bargained for. My review for The Mummy goes a little something like, You've probably heard of Indiana Jones and Die Hard. Well, what if I was to tell you those two movies birthed a third superior movie starring Brendan Fraser? You would say, fill me up, daddy. Then I would slam the mummy into your VHS player and smack your mother in the face before I sent you to the underworld of ecstasy by hitting the play button. The mummy doesn't give a shit what you think about reality. It sends an army of the undead and a swarm of Egyptian beetles called scarabs to eat you. Scarabs don't eat you alive by burrowing under your skin in real life, but the mummy doesn't give a shit. It wants you to sit down, shut up, and have a blast. And by God, you will if you watch The Mummy. It's a movie that keeps it simple in the most impressive way possible. Any brain-dead dum-dum can follow this plot, and that's not a bad thing, despite what some may tell you. Frasier makes funny faces and is so handsome that I am unsure of my sexuality. But Weiss reaffirms my sexuality by speaking Hebrew while showing bountiful cleavage. Benny makes for an appropriate slime ball helper to evil incarnate. There's blazing guns, exploding mummies, sexy mommies, bugs that eat you from the inside out, angry Americans, ugly Americans, and CGI from 1999. What kind of red-blooded white female would I be if I scored this any lower than a 10 out of 10? What do you say, Bryce? I'm not seeing the Die Hard part of it, first of all. Like, I don't see where Die Hard comes into it. Oh. I would have gone. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I guess there's guns. Um, Big explosions. I, I saw, I see it as a melding of Indiana Jones and a poor attempt at Evil Dead. <laughs> like, yeah, there's, 
it like tries a couple times to to hit the evil dead tones and just doesn't quite go far enough in the goofy territory. Um, this one, like I'm surprised at how similar, um, like almost an exact carbon carbon copy of the tone, uh, of this movie was captured in the recent, um, uh, the jungle cruise put out by Disney. It's, it's a very like family friendly, like adventure movie. Like there's a little bit of scariness. Like this is a good, like entry level, uh, kind of, you know, horror movie for, for like young kids. It's got scary mouths and, uh, scary beetles. Uh, but for the most part, it's it's just like a, a really simple action adventure, uh, you know, lighthearted movie. Um, and my my thing, like, I remember this is the movie that cemented my ability for myself to determine what I was going to feel about the movie from a trailer. Like I, I did the math with it. Like when, it, so 99, so I was 17, 18, I watched the trailer and I was like, okay, it's a high budget mummy adventure movie starring Brendan Fraser. And like, that's all I really needed to know to be like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not going to be bad. It's going to be like, there's going to be some attempts at comedy and attempts at like, being Harrison Ford that are just going to kind of fall flat, but it's good enough to where you can't really begrudge anyone. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at with this. It's, I don't have like a soft spot in my heart and I, for the movie, I was never a huge fan of Brendan Fraser. Um, there are a couple movies that he works really well in. Um, and like he's, he does have some acting chops. I just watched, um, um gods and monsters which is a great great movie you should see about the the f- director um okay uh sorry my mom just texted me i want to make sure it wasn't an emergency um about the director of like frankenstein of the original frankenstein movies and while he's in his old age and brendan fraser is his gardener and finds out he's gay um which is a strange thing in the fifties. Anyways, he did, he does really good in, in some movies and I'm actually really looking forward to the whale coming out later this year. It's getting a lot of buzz. Um, I've heard the buzz around that is specifically Brendan Fraser oriented. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like pent up love for Brendan Fraser. Yeah. That like, again, I've never been a huge fan, but like he's fine. He's, he's, he's a good guy, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily love his acting or the movies that he's in, uh, but he's, he's fine. And so that's kind of like where I am with, with this movie. It's fine. I don't, I don't feel any particular strong feelings. Um, it's not terrible. It's very dated with the CGI, but I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold that against it. Um, it was very ambitious for the time. But I, I land at like a six, six out of ten. Oof. Chills. 
That is, yeah, no, and to be fair, like, my 10 out of 10 is so obviously nostalgia-driven. It's complete, anybody can see. Were you just smiling ear to ear while you were watching this? Oh, yeah, like, the whole way through, I was just like, this is another one of those movies that, like Tremors, that was just on cable so much that it just, like, it just force-fucked its way into my head. You know, it was just like, you're going to like it. And then I did. Um, So, yeah, I I get that my 10 out of 10 is silly. Uh, But, you know, everybody's opinions are kind of silly, right? Especially mine. So um, I've muted you, Max. What do you have to say about The Mummy? And is this your first time watching it? No. So um, I watched this movie for the first time when I was about 10 years old. And it terrified me. I was so scared. I was a baby when I was a kid. I was afraid of everything. I remember saying to myself, like, I'll never watch a scary movie, like never, because they just scared me too much. Um, And so, you know, it was effective back then. This watch through was a little different for me. Um, And I I have a quick question about, I guess, the, the grading system here. So do you rate it based on how good of a movie it is or how good of a horror movie it is? I'd say let your heart decide, you know, go with your gut. What do you think? You're not going to like my gut, David. I mean, I go with how good of a movie it is. Okay. Um, but ah. with, I, I think I give like, I kind of grade on a curve for the horror movie element. Like, but I, I'm, I'm pretty stingy with like high scores. Yeah, if it, if it doesn't pass as a regular movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so as a as a movie, like this is more of a like a family friendly adventure movie, right? Um, and so for doing that, it's great. Like I would I would say it's like a seven because it it does that perfectly. It's great to watch with the kids. Um, but as a horror movie. Um, it, it wasn't doing it for me. I was kind of bored through a lot of it. Um, and it was really long. And so like as a horror movie, I'd probably say it's like a four. Yeah, it's like two hours and five minutes. It's a long one. And it and it it's not like it super needs to be. I will say it's similar to Indiana Jones in a lot of ways. It's just like, no, we're going on a ride and the ride is this and you're on tracks and here we go. And so like it does make sense that it is that long. It's always hard to justify anything over an hour and a half to me. Yeah. If you weren't like viewing this through eyes of nostalgia, this would you would unabashedly be justified in saying like whole swaths of this movie could be cut out like like the the. There's so many characters in this movie that it's like, why are we in? Why do we have like dozens of people that we're tracking and like all but three of them are going to die in the end anyways? So like it doesn't give you enough time to actually get to know the three main characters and like establish that dynamic like it you it has to use like a bunch of shorthand that feels unearned <laughs> for some stuff 
and then you got to take the rest of the time to do like kind of a glossing over all these other people that are just going to get murdered by the mummy anyways to where it's like did you really need to like have all those other people that you could have just used as that were going to be used as fodder just let them be nameless people you know yeah i mean it seemed like a lot of a lot of the movie was getting to the destination and then having stuff happen and then leaving and then coming back it's like could have just been like had them find it and then have everything happen then but i don't know it's they stuffed a lot into into it and i think it's the runtime was a little long for it what uh what score did you land on max I mean, if I'm being honest, it's kind of a four for me. It oh. I didn't have a good time with it. Oh. But maybe that's just because I have I have bad nostalgia for this movie because I hated it so much mm. as a kid. What when you were a child? What scared you? What got you so good? It was the be the beginning. Um, I I mean, we're not in spoilers yet, so I don't want to say too much. But like the mummifying stuff, that fat um, ass, was, right? was horrifying for me and the bugs were really scary for me as well. Yeah. The bugs are very frantic. Um, and not real at all. Like, I, and it, it's taken me until literally now, like critical analysis of this movie. And I'm like, does a beetle like this exist? <laughs> well, and they don't even follow their own rules really, because, um, at the beginning they're like, Oh, these bugs, they eat people, but really slowly. Like it takes, Right, it, it, you know, it's <laughs> agonizing, and then it shows them like destroy a guy in like two seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Beatles are one of my favorite, like, just dumb action movie trope things. Is because they're using these CGI Beatles, and there's like this river of CGI Beatles running after them, and they're running down the pass, and they're running over the bridge like they're in the depths of you know the of the you know dwarven kingdom and they're like they jump over you know the chasm to get onto the stairs and on the other side of this crack and then like the beetles like oh no fuck they jumped across a chasm there's nothing we can do we're beetles we're beetles they have they have have wings (laughs) yeah yeah but they have wings but you never see them this movie any do anything other than crawl there are video game like rules to action movies where it's like, no, certain baddies do this or that. And then when like it's a special baddie that will change the rules up, you know, it's the boss battle um, when the rules get changed. Right. And so it is very much like a video game. Yeah, but I love it. It's just that the reason why the Beatles don't fly is like because they're CGI and they couldn't do that, you know. They they made it and they could do a CGI river of beetles. And that's like what they were showing off. And then they didn't think too far after that. I will say, you know, we are rimming this movie decently for the CGI. Uh, however, uh, you know, the for 1999, I mean, back then, this was pretty fucking stellar CGI. Um, I do remember being pretty like, wow, that's mm. Look at those beetles. Look at that lifelike liquid movement. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was definitely cutting edge for the time and pushing 
pushing the, you know, pushing it forward. But even then it was like, okay, like, you know, Jurassic Park came out before it and they look like real dinosaurs, you know? So it's just the judicious use of the technology of the time is what I'm more impressed with than like the, what you can do with the technology. Now you're just being rude. Um, so I think we should move on to telling you guys that if you haven't given my other show a listen, I do have another podcast. It's called hotline and advice podcast. Uh, we have a number you call ask for advice and then we answer it to the best of our abilities. Um, and I'd appreciate if you gave it a listen. Also, if you're listening to these commercials, you should know that you do not have to. You can just join our Patreon over there at patreon.com slash horror movie talk. Get at the $6.66 level, and then you get early access to shows with no ads in them. And um, you get access to Afterpods. And if you go up a couple of tiers, you can get access to exclusive reviews that we only do on Patreon. We also have like this episode was voted on by the uh by the $15 tier. Um so every month they fight about which movie for us that we should review and then we review that movie. So about one quarter, about 25% of all the movies we review are decided on by patrons. And a lot of people come to us and they're like, "You should review this movie." And we're like, "Hey, Go to Patreon. That's the way that works. We don't we don't take onesie onesie twosies requests unless you got a lot of money, and then we'll do we'll do whatever you want. Um, anyway, uh, you can also check out the horror movie talk shop over on our website horrormovietalk.com. Um, and from there, you will find a bunch of really cool stuff that was made by our resident artist Dustin Goble, old DG over over there. He is a professional artist who fucks very hard, um, but he also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans. So make sure to contact him at dgobel00. That's at D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0 on Instagram. Um, hit him up. Uh, hit him up. Hit him in. Hit him on. Hit him around. Uh, he's he's pretty robust, so he can take it. Um if you'd like to get a hold of the show, get on the whores segment or in this potentially new um, bonus episode. If we have keep having so many calls, we may have to do these, which uh, I don't know. But uh, give us a call at 682-253-4468. Thanks again for listening, and let's get into spoilers. Spoilers. So Max texted me last night and it was as he was watching the movie, I assume. And he was like, hey, this is just Hellraiser. They just stealing a bunch of stuff from Hellraiser to which I responded. I had that same feeling until I thought about the fact that the mummy existed well before Hellraiser, the concept of the mummy and the trope of the mummy. Um, but what, Max, what gave you that inclination, that feeling? 
Well, the the first thing was that before they knew that the key was a key, they called it a puzzle box. Um, so that I was like, oh, a puzzle box. And then they um, obviously have the mummy come back to life from a goopy skeleton to, a, a, you know, uh, a human by eating people. And that's the same exact way it happens in Hellraiser. So I was just like, I mean, it's been so long since I've seen this movie that I never made the connection until now. Yeah, no, I had that same that same feeling of like, oh, there's an underworld. Oh, this guy's there. He rehydrates his uh, his defrost his um, what do you call it? What, what's that uh, method of of de- de- dehydrating dehydrated body um, by eating people's hydrated body? And the, so, I mean, that's kind of where the connection b- begins and ends. How, how, does that make any sense, Bryce, or is it too loose for you to call it much of a connection? It's a stretch. Oh, really? Even with the puzzle box? It's a key. I mean, it's a... Yeah, you mean like the just, puzzle boxes? It's just like a... Uh, yeah, I guess it's a puzzle box. <laughs> they call it that. They do. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. Are you disputing that? I don't know. I don't remember him calling it a puzzle box, but I think it was just once, like when they yeah. first find it. Yeah, which is all the puzzle boxes in Hellraiser. It's just a right. heated hell. So, um, you know, honestly, watching this, like I thought I had watched it recently because I remember like the boat scene for some reason, but I don't think I have watched this all the way through since I saw it in theaters because I forgot a lot about the movie. Um, but yeah, I forgot like how strong it starts with the uh, the story of Imhotep and his and his hottie girlfriend. Woo! Woo! Oh, and I, I thought that I thought hottie was going to come back in the end. I thought she was resurrected, but I think they saved that for like the mummy returns yeah. or something. Cause I remember a distinct battle between like a couple, like real smoke shows at the end <laughs> of, of the mummy. And it didn't, it didn't appear, but good Lord. So the story is, um, <laughs> his girlfriend is the Pharaoh's mistress. Uh, huh. and I just gotta say Pharaoh if you, uh, this might be misogynistic of me and you know it's it's i've been accused of being misogynistic before um just check our apple ratings uh i just gotta say pharaoh if you don't want your mistress to sleep around maybe ask her to wear clothes around pantsless men that, no one yeah. no one in egypt wore pants it's hot I mean, pants require a lot of stitching, and that's technology that, you know, we didn't, you know, they, I don't know, did they even have looms back and then? I, she didn't even look like she was wearing clothes. It looks like she just wandered through a fisherman's net and just kept walking. Hell yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and like. Real catch of the day there. Mm. Yeah. Like, uh, is anyone surprised? Your note. The pharaoh, like, cut, catches him kissing, and he's like, <gasps> my stars. I could have never foreseen this. I but then also, it's his mistress. It's not even his wife. 
Well, things were different back then. They didn't have like you, you're you're putting all this new world bullshit on this old world stuff. You know, it's like wife. What are you talking about? Like, you know, like that's not old school. That's new school. You're getting it twisted, is what I'm trying to say. Um, your note here is haughty. Period. All bad CGI forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. she is the amount of attractiveness that you can you can show her basically nearly nude a nearly nude for um five minutes in a movie and then kind of just glide the rest of the movie because right. <laughs> you're asking like well, when's she when's she coming back right <laughs> where'd she go come yeah. back um <laughs> I love your notes. This I'm so glad we chose to go with your notes. Um, <laughs> mummification equals Egyptian cryogenics, right? Explain this. Well, note. I, I I think I there was a misunderstanding with me, but like basically, like they're talking about they're like melding a lot about like this ceremony and like resurrection and rebirth and stuff while they're talking about mummification and, and creating these mummies and i'm like so are they like doing these mummy procedures to bring them back later and uh that was a little unclear to me but if they did it'd be like yeah it's like the, the egyptians had faith that eventually science was going to catch up and be able to take organs out of the jars and put them back into the you know <laughs> the d hydrated bodies and they'll bring them back it's it makes as much sense as cryogenics is all i'm saying don't worry sir i'll unfreeze you as soon as they have the cure for 91 stab wounds to the back <laughs> how many are, how many are we up to boys 75 <laughs> um nice. i have a question for max okay max um it had been a while is it fair to say a while since you have seen this yeah, like 13 years. Okay. So, and all that time ago, you had a, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 23. Okay, so more than half of your life ago, this was, the, the, and, and, that, and back then you were 10. So, and you had a certain feeling about this movie, which was, it was scary, right? Yes. Okay. So, coming back into this, like you, we were going to watch a mummy from 1999. How did that make you feel that announcement? And then I have a follow up to that. Um, well, my immediate thought was justice for Brendan Fraser. Um, I, I think he's a good actor. I, I like him. And more than that, I think he's a good guy. So I like seeing him in things. Um, so that was immediately what I thought. I was so thankful. It wasn't the Tom Cruise one. Um, because I haven't seen that, but I don't really care to. I feel like, as with most Tom Cruise movies that gets shade, I'm sure if I watched it, I'd enjoy it. It's got a, it's probably a very good movie, but it it got so much shade thrown at it that people just didn't see it, and then they blame people not seeing it for like it being bad. Like there's, I feel there's I a difference between like, bad. really? Is it? Well, I heard that. I don't know. 
like I, there's so many Tom Cruise movies that like I've I've heard trashed on and I've gone and watched them. Like they're great. Like the mm. the um what's that what's that one? They changed the name on it like after they came out with a DVD. It's like the one where he comes back, live, die, live. Oh yeah, the day after no. Um yeah, um, I know what you're talking about. It's uh, sci-fi kind of. Yeah, part of the reason yeah. was they titled it the shittiest title that they could have, but yeah. That movie was great. And people are like, "Huh, no one saw it. I guess it's the end of Tom Cruise." It's like, "No, he's he's great and he knows how to make great movies." So, f- following up on my question though, Max, did did you were you worried? Like, were you like, oh, this is going to be real scary? No, I mean, I remembered enough about it to know that it wasn't scary. Um, I mean, like the the thoughts that it puts in your head of like, you know, being mummified alive, that's scary. But um, I'd say the movie itself is not. I'd The movie kind of just teaches you more lessons than it does scare you. I mean, this the first scene teaches you very important lesson don't cuck the pharaoh or the pharaoh equivalent in your life it's not gonna go well for you <laughs> he's right uh, although well you could just say don't cuck your boss yeah don't cuck the boss i don't know i feel like there's some exception to that rule <laughs> if you uh, want to be mummified alive there's an exception but um the okay so then once we started watching it at what point did you realize oh this is a fun quirky action movie with double handguns the moment the double handguns came out that was the moment that shooting scene i was laughing out loud it was so funny <laughs> the way you just pew, pew, pew. it was great i loved it I'm, I'm telling you the late 90s were the golden age of double guns like double gun between John Woo and the mummy and well, I guess that's it, but <laughs> lots of, du- lots of double guns going on in the late nineties. Yeah, it, it was, it was a, a blast. Um, the, uh, it was a blast from the past, David. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you. You helped correct me here. The, uh, the director of this is Steven Summers. And Stephen Summers has a distinct style uh, <laughs> yeah. um, that you will bad <laughs> you will recognize. Um, he he did this. He did the sequel uh, to this, I believe. No, yeah, he did Mummy Returns. He he produced the Scorpion King, um, and he did maybe one of my most hated. I'm sorry. Horror movies are uh, horror movies. It's a movie just like this, which is a movie that takes horror topics and turns them into an action movie, which is Van Helsing from 2004. Whew, have you guys seen that one? I haven't seen it, but that oh. one's like legendary for being bad. I'm, I'm oh. actually kind of curious about it. I was 19 when I went to see it with my friends in the theaters and it was uh, at 19, I was like, Ooh, Ooh, this is bad. Oof. Like, um, and I look back on a lot of my takes from being 19 years old and I was like, enemy at the gates was a great movie. And I was like, yeah, 
I wasn't so maybe I wasn't so smart. Um, but Enemy at the Gates is a great movie. Okay, I'm not sure. I can't remember. It was 19. I just think back and I go, eh, was it? I think. Have you seen it since? Um, I've seen clips of it. It's. I mean, it's a pretty simple movie. Like, I wouldn't put it up as like a great movie, but it's it's really good. It's a compelling movie. He also directed G.I. Joe: Rise of the Cobra. Yeah, I wasn't even going to mention that because I don't know that anyone would even know what that is. It's it's like it's like a nut. It's like an attempt. It feel like it was an attempt because it didn't it come out around like two thousand eight nine around Transformers time. I felt like that was a Transformers ba- bandwagon attempt of being like. Well, yeah, but GI Joe: Rise of Cobra was the sequel, I believe, to GI Joe. There were there was a GI Joe movie, and then it's one of these like no one was asking for sequels, <laughs> like when they came out with the Ghost Rider two. Uh huh. It's like Gee. four years later, and no one has talked about this movie for three and a half years. They're like, oh, it's a sequel. GI Joe. <laughs> is that is that the GI Joe movie where they have a bunch of white guys play the characters that are supposed to be Asian? Or is that the newer um, one? Why I mean, would they need to be Asian? That's every movie ever, Asia? really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen The Last Samurai? That movie is such a speaking of bad Tom Cruise movies. Oh, you know what? I might be wrong. This might be the original because I think. Yeah, I think it's yeah. the original. Yeah. yeah the I sequel think... is G.I. Joe Retaliation uh-huh. starring Dwayne Johnson and Channing Tatum. It's like, who? who is asking for this? Came out in 2013. You know, you're talking shit about Rise of Cobra, but I mean, Dennis Quaid, Channing Tatum, Marlon Wayans. Uh, I'm talking shit about it. I saw it in the theater. I'm not. Let's not lie. <laughs> like, it's not a great movie, but I was still well into my like looking at a shiny thing that's a remake of the toys that I played. I was like, well, this is obviously shit, but I kind of got to kind of got to see it, you know, which was like the first few Transformer movies and then G.I. Joe. And then now I'm like, I'm so fucking tired of Hollywood marketing towards me that I'm like, please, please do anything else. Please stop trying to bring my toys back. I'm a I'm a full grown ass man with children. I don't want. To be reminded about G.I. Joe's and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Transformers. Like, these toys haven't existed for 20 years and they're making movies about them. Max, you're half our age, roughly. Are they are they doing this to you, to your generation yet? Are they taking things that are... Or was, or was our generation shit like tr- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles forced so, foisted so much upon your generation that our stuff is just your stuff? Well, I think that a lot, of, yeah, a lot of the things that were very popular when you guys were kids um, has kind of stuck around. And so, like, I, you know, I played with Teenage Mut- Mutant Ninja Turtles and and Transformers. So I think right when, like, kids' television shows were starting to get good, they kind of latched on to a few of the names and they've tried to keep them going for as long as humanly possible. Yeah, just injected them with Botox and bullshit for the last 20 years. Yeah, like 
Transformers went on for a long time. They had they were basically like the Power Rangers of animation. Like they they come out with a new Transformers iteration every couple of years. But GI Joe, they haven't, as far as I know, like they haven't made a GI Joe cartoon since like a reboot in the early nineties or something. Um, so it's crazy that they're making movies about it. Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think had a couple remakes, but not, it's not nearly as consistent as Transformers. Like it, it just blows my mind that there's still, you know, I'm saying this all the while. Like I have, I have my Optimus prime on my shelf back there. (laughs) I'm still a sucker, but please give me adult movies. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, back to the mummy. There's not. Okay. So really we just have like, it's just an action movie. You're not, there's nothing crazy, amazing, like, uh, plot wise to this. It's very on rails. It's, it's fun to, it's fun to see all the tropes and like think about them with a critical eye because it's very like, it's melding like action movie tropes with like, you know, kind of mythological tropes where it's like, oh, you have to have this secret key, this key box. And there's only one of them. It's like. You know, crowbars exist like it's not it's not even made of metal. It's made of stone, you know, it's and like, stone. Yeah, <laughs> it's like get a get it like a pressure washer. and You could blast your way through it, probably, you know? Yeah. And so there's stuff like that. And like with the Beatles that can't fly and like there's all these like things that now watching it with a critical eye. I know I sound like, you know those the old man muppets in the in the you know balcony but it's just dumb (laughs) like when you when you've seen all these tropes a billion times before you watch it you're like yep this is they were doing the laziest uh level that they could with all this stuff it's all like we got a bunch of action sequences we gotta string them together somehow so here's a bunch of MacGuffins to, to lead you through Okay, Bryce. Sure. Yeah, it's a little clunky in terms of, you know, the mechanics of things. But what about all the good parts, like the just kind of inherent sexism of the time? You like, isn't that, isn't it crazy to go back and watch a movie that was made a mere, oh shit, 23 years ago? (laughs) And, uh, and be like, oh wow, they just, Outright, we're super okay with uh, kind of being super sexist, um, and that would never fly today. It feels like did that any of that? Well, I mean, you guys. Part of it was like also a commentary on the sexism of the time period which it takes place, but also like, well, th- see, that's the fun part is like it's the the commentary of like sexism from you know. 70 80 years ago or whatever it was at the time um but then to us as viewers like we just look at how the woman characters are treated in the movie that are even supposed to be like empowered and intelligent and it's like no rachel weiss is still just basically treated like a hot piece of ass you know in this movie she's like look how gorgeous she is oh she's pretty smart too but She's real pretty, right? But clumsy though. What a dumb bitch. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like, Jesus Christ, can you take it easy? Like, it just feels so, I don't know, mate, but yeah, I can't quite put my finger on it. How did any of that strike you, Max? Yeah, I felt like the movie was kind of just saying like, that's woman for you. Like, she she cute, but she clumsy. Like, that's (laughs) kind of the vibe I got from it. We met her. We met her in the library where she's, you know, a library book mouse kind of thing. And uh, and she knocks up the. I'm gonna press my fingers into my eyes. She knocks over this domino esque series of bookcases and annihilates the entire library. Um, to which her boss is like, "Why the fuck do I even have?" you in my employ. And she's like, because I'm so smart and because I'm so uh, smart and because I speak all these languages and you need me. And he's like, no, it's nepotism. I liked your parents and you're just, you know, so that this is kind of the scene I think that we're all thinking of and talking about right now. Were there others? Um, no, I mean, it's just like pretty, like, I don't think this movie passes the Bechdel test, if we want to put that rubric to it. What's the Bechdel test? The Bechdel test is basically, um, well, number one would probably be, are there more than one female characters in your movie? And do the female characters ever have a conversation with each other that's not related to the men Oof, in the movie? Wow. We immediately fail this. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that was so fast. <laughs> it's surprisingly hard to pass the Bechdel test in uh, in film. There's a whole podcast Why? about it, David. On the other hand, Rachel Weiss stars in a movie that definitely passes the Bechdel test. Um, and one of the best movies made in the last 10 years, I think, The Favorite. Mm, yeah. Um, did you see that one yet? Oh, yeah. I saw it in theaters. Oh, man, that was a good one. Yeah. That was great. Did and you she see, was did also you, in The Lobster with the, by the same director. Yeah, yeah. Yorgos Lanthimos. Did you see that? I think that won Best Movie for 19. Did you see that one, Max? I didn't. I've seen The Lobster, though. I'm trying to remember. Lobster got that In Bruges guy in it. What's his name? Oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of Yorgos Lanthimos movies have that guy, uh, the In Bruges guy. Um, anywho, uh, so... Yeah, pretty sexist. Uh, the, the mummy is. Um... Yeah, th- there's like there's the casual sexism, which is like yeah, it's just you know it's to be expected. But like even more prominent for me, if we're like going woke analysis, is the treatment of anyone of uh, Middle East descent, <laughs> where it's like only cliches, you know. It's like, okay, we got the skeezy, you know, well, Benny was actually Hungarian, I think, but, but he's basically the stand, standing for skeezy Middle Eastern. But there's like the guy that was going to hang Brendan Fraser, like he sticks around for a while and he's like very stereotypical. There's like the, the guardians of the, of the sand. <laughs> the guardians of the mummy or whatever it's like they're all like not given anything to in way of character development other than like look at how foreign they are they're real foreign 
and then like the uh, my my favorite is like the we're gonna try to make it sound like we're in egypt but not that hard so when the guy is like allah rest their souls it's like okay so i'm pretty sure they never even tried to look up like an arabic like analog to that where it's like well we need to say god rest his souls but obviously he's not a god-fearing christian so just i guess just say allah i guess that's what they call god allah rest their souls and it's like and then (laughs) and then i love on movies where it translates the language like so you can know what they're talking about selectively though it's like it'll like translate you know the important plot elements but then they can like mutter things under their breath and you're not given the translation so it's like it's foreign it's probably probably bad like but not just that like so they translate all the modern egyptians speaking um but then they stick to their guns so strongly when it comes to the pharaoh um who speaks you know i don't know ancient hebrew or something uh and they never translate what he's saying and he talks a lot in a language that you can't even remotely understand um and what they choose to do there is if he says something important rachel weiss will translate for him she'll repeat it back to us well there was did you have the okay i started watching it on my what i was watching it on uh i had to turn on the subtitles to have like mm-hmm. the actual important subtitles turned on like oh. so the whole beginning of the movie did that not have translation for you no that did that but did. okay when he was resurrected i should say right 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 okay so yeah there's yeah there's some selective stuff but i love it where it's like they're saying stuff under their breath I mean, it doesn't translate it and it's like what's funny is if you did translate that it would it would make those characters probably more endearing if you heard him like like the you know the guardians walking away and they're like how and it translates and you're like these motherfuckers <laughs> you'd be like just show them like annoyed at these foreigners coming into their land it's like that that's just like hmm. you it feels like you you know today we're we talk so much about you know movies that are woke or representation and stuff and um i gotta say like uh, it has changed my my viewing experience because i look at things like this and i'm like yeah why why do we do that <laughs> Why do we have Allah rest their souls? How lazy is that? It's like, like go through, if you're going to spend millions and millions of dollars, like just go through the effort of making compelling characters that have different backstories and like exist in reality. Um, I mean, I don't know. Is I don't, that too I, yeah, much to ask? It, it's a good question, but I think, I think a lot of times the answers are it's in, it's done intentionally because of lack of faith in audience intelligence. And that's not unearned, I think. <laughs> I mean, when you're marketing the mummy to Middle America in 1999, I think it, I think it hits that target really precisely. Um, 
so I don't know. I mean, everything when viewed through the lens of 20 years of time is going to look kind of, um, but you know, I mean, so, I mean, sometimes, you know, we don't hit, you know, sometimes, um, was there, was there anything that, well, let's go into what worked about what, what, what are moments that you really enjoyed about this movie? If you can think of any max. Um, I, I liked the goofiness of it. I liked the action sequences. Um, I thought that they were definitely over the top, but you know, any specifically the, the one at the beginning after they introduce the, the storyline and they get to the, like the battle they're having. That one's pretty good just because of how many guns he's pulling out and shooting and, um, you know, he throws the guns when he's done instead of reloading them and like pulls out another one. That's really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed that part too. I like I like the boat kind of at the start when they're on their way down, I would assume the Nile to head to Hamanoptra. Um, and they, they're attacked by assassins who are sent to grab them or something like that. That whole action sequence was pretty great. And the poker playing Americans, the dumb, we get to meet the dumb Americans who are kind of superfluous to the whole movie. I also really like the sandstorm chasing the plane and the, the mummy's head coming out of it. What about you, Bryce? Did, was there anything in this movie that you loved? Um, yeah, there was some stuff that I liked. So like the scarab climbing into the guy's boot and yeah. up to his, um, that was super effective. Um, I liked some of the action sequences. I like the, the car chase towards the end where they like plow through the Emotep, uh, brain dead people. And then they're like fighting them off and like throw them off the car. The stunt where they throw the guy, it's either a stunt or CGI, but they throw a guy off the car and he just hits a pole <laughs> as they're driving by is great. Um, the goofiness doesn't land so much for me, and I think it bothered me more than made me like it. Um, yeah, you really do have to buy in. You really, It really does require you to be like, yeah, we're going to have a good time. <laughs> the... Um, there's a couple like lines that land with the goofiness for me where it's like like they're opening the ancient book of the dead of of, of evil dead curses and they're like what's ever come from reading a an old book <laughs> yeah you know and it's such a callback to all the evil dead movies <laughs> yeah what what bad thing could happen reading an ancient sumerian text <laughs> um and yeah, I mean the 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 mummy and the, the Imhotep when he's like going from skeleton to like getting, getting reformed that that worked pretty well. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, there there wasn't much that I could latch onto and and like really enjoy. It was all like it was all good enough for me, but it was like just off enough to bother me with a lot of things. Yeah, the horror elements of this are really good. This is in no way, shape or form a hard horror movie. This is primarily an action movie um, that I mean, but we'd be remiss to say it doesn't have a horror element to it. It's the mummy. Uh, So, you know, kind of get with it Uh, if you're going to, you know, 
you're going to come at us about the mummy's not horror. I mean, yeah, but neither is Hocus Pocus, but it is though. You know, it, it isn't, it is kind of speaking of which, are we going to do Hocus Pocus two next week? Oh, does it come out next week? I think it comes out. Oh, maybe not next week. Maybe the following week. I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of new, new releases coming out. I don't getting that, getting that young audience is just what horror movie talk needs though. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got to get more like, you know, preteens to leave us like five star reviews. Yeah. Well, they they leave them in masses. Who's that girl that uh, that you love so much? Her podcast that is. <laughs> what What is her name? Don't tell me that. D'Amelio. Her sister's Dixie. Dixie D'Amelio. Dixie D'Amelio is her sister. D'Amelio? The one. The do you What's know that, Max? Charlie. Charlie D'Amelio. Yeah. She's a TikTok star for dancing a dance, like literally dancing a dance. And I don't I don't know if if we can get that audience. I mean, look at us. Can we get that audience? Um, I think we have to be much, much more vapid. Whoa. I think we have, have to be no attractive. opinions on anything. Ooh. And I have be hot, hot, like 19, 20 year olds. So yeah. Max has that, a chance. That's why Max so far, is here. So far, my podcast is uh, majority of the listeners are preteens. Really? Yeah, because, well, uh, like 12 to, I shouldn't say just preteens, like 12 to 15 is our demographic pretty much right now. You know, I was listening, I listened to um, Bryce's, you, you having Bryce on uh, your show um, f- to review Radiohead's, what was it, In Colors? In Rainbow. In Rainbow, my in, in colors, I, I mixed uh, I mixed uh, Beck and Radiohead together, uh-huh. um, I, and and you guys, it, it was such an interesting show. Like I learned a lot. Um, Bryce knows a decent amount about music and music theories. Professional, trained, professional, paid vocalist who um, goes to con- who does concerts, and um, he has a big following over there. Um, and no, it was a really interesting, it was a really interesting show that I learned a lot from. So it surprises me to hear that your audience is so young. And I think, I think your episode with him was one of your bigger episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's because, um, we've chosen to focus on, um, some more emo punk bands lately and, uh, you know, kids love that stuff. It's like, they're obsessed with it. And so we're getting a lot of uh, that coming through. And then we bring our old guy stuff to you. I'm like, in eighth grade, I went to see Slipknot. It was great. It was 1999. It was the best. See, I don't, I, I don't follow emo at all, but I felt like emo was like early 2000s. Like, wasn't that the, the heyday of, of emo? was like 2005-ish. It never stopped, like, till now. The big like... emo bands are still around, most of them. Who so, are they? Um, My Chemical Romance, uh, Pierce the Veil, uh, Sleeping is with Sirens. Is Newfound Glory still around? I don't know. I don't know about that. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> Boy, we're going to date ourselves horribly. Well, it's a, it's a fun show and you guys should check it out. That's disc review. Um, and, uh, and I mean, at least, uh, at least give it a go because I really learned a lot from the, uh, in rainbows, uh, review. Is there anything oh, else back, you want back, to back to the other things that worked for me? I got to say okay. Rachel Weiss in in a veil. That worked Oof. for Oof. me. That half veil below. Yeah. It's like the little jingle jangles. Ooh. Um <laughs> and the hottie in the beginning worked for me. Uh the the one thing I got to say like how miserable much must Rachel Weiss have been to have to be wearing a black dress the entire time that they were filming in the desert. Were they filming in the desert? I mean, they must have filmed some of it in the desert, but I feel like a lot of this was stage and green screen. Well, yeah, when they're inside, but a lot of it is outside. Yeah? In the desert. I f- yeah. I mean. Okay. Maybe we should, maybe I'll do some, 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 um, you know, looking. Yeah. That. I mean, I don't think we need to go through this beat by beat because it's pretty you know, it is what it is. It's an adventure movie and they try to find the treasure room and then they find it. And the mummy stops them. And so you're right. It was filmed, uh, principally in Morocco and the UK. And then, you know, the state, the, uh, sound stages were, were mostly, I think in the UK, um, things that worked. I really sp- very specifically, just one more point on that enjoyed uh whenever the bugs were coming at them brendan fraser would fire upon them his answer to <laughs> everything <laughs> was pew, 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 and i was like yay <laughs> shooting the bugs there's literally 10 million bugs coming at you and he's like my pistol We'll take care of this. <laughs> there, there was one more scene that you kind of brought up that I, I wanted to mention was um, the plane scene. Um, and to prepare for that plane scene, they introduce this character who every time he is talking, he's like, I just want to die. I don't know why I keep making it. I keep going to battle, but then I just kill everybody and then I, I, I never die. And he's like, I just wish I could have died on those battlefields. And then they crash the plane and he's the only one who dies. And they're just like, well, it's okay. He died because he wanted to. And I thought that was kind of a funny choice they made. Yeah, they do have a lot of fun, goofy characters. The Americans are all, um, I mean, they are superfluous as Bryce mentioned, but I mean, also they are, all fun and goofy. One of them wears glasses and you know, the way he ends up going is Benny steps. We haven't even really gone into Benny and how horrible Benny is like Benny is like, he's this comic relief character who you should definitely hate because he's always, you know, taunting Brendan Fraser, but he's such a meek little shithead and he's always, you know, he's always doing this scoundrelly stuff and, you know, so concerned about himself and, and all this stuff. So you're definitely meant to hate Benny, who is leading the opposing party. Um, and I really, I think they did a great job with that character. Like, he's the perfect scapegoat for the whole thing. He ends up being the the mouth of the mummy, you know, translating everything for him and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, all the people that they met on the boat 
the the team that basically Benny was leading or like sh- was being the guide for like they could have I, I was just so bothered by that it's like they could have cut all those people out like I don't I don't understand how it added to the movie to have them um other than like getting the mummy fodder to eat but like you don't care about them enough when they actually get murdered for it to matter whether you know them or not um i gotta say one thing that i think was a missed opportunity is the guy with the glasses and he's like they break his glasses i can't see without my glasses and he's like feeling around and then the mummy takes his eyes and and tongue and i wish they would have made the mummy just like have real bad vision after that it's like i can't see like what the fuck these are shitty eyes yeah i need some some more eyes Hey, are, Bryce, are you ready for me to uh, to make a connection for you? I can't wait. These are always okay. great. So um, Benny is played by Kevin J. O'Connor. Um, he's a favorite of Stephen Summers. Um, so he was in that, uh, that first G.I. Joe movie as well. But in 2007, you will remember Benny from being Henry. Uh, Daniel Plainview's pretend mm-hmm. brother in there will be blood mm-hmm. do you remember that mm-hmm. oh okay i thought it would be more more of a mind-blowing thing for you no he's uh, a he's a recognizable character actor yeah yeah he's and man that's i think still probably my favorite movie of all time there will be blood um, yeah it's up there anywho does anybody have anything else to say about the mummy before we move on to horror movie horse? Um, I just got to say for an entire civilization to keep all their treasure in a hidden room Mm. underneath the desert just doesn't seem like a real strong economic policy. Have you tried moving? It sucks. (laughs) It sucks. Oh, by the way, I should mention. So I just moved. Um, Mm -hmm. I, that's not nothing noteworthy about that this week. I, you know, I was like, I was talking to Carrie, I was like, you know, I'm a big podcaster, um, so I got to do what all the big podcasters that I listen to do, right? She was like, oh, okay, you can get a Toto Washlet. And so we got a Toto Washlet, and now I have a, a, spr- a spritz of water, of hot water, a strong stream washing my asshole after I shit. I, I am speechless. It is, it is sexual. It is clean. It's every, everything I wanted it to be, um, from a shitting experience. And it Mm -hmm. blows hot air on my butt to, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the seats all warm when you sit down every time. Oh my God. And no more having to, to spend so much money on all this toilet paper for my hairy, hairy, hairy asshole. Mm-hmm. It's my life is, is complete. And I feel like that's a fitting way to end. All right. Thank you for sharing. Right. Um, no, the, uh, Hamanoptera ends up exploding, uh, in the most impressive explosion, uh, since die hard. And, um, but you know, our, you know, we, we make it out with a few meager treasures, Brendan Fraser and, uh, Rachel Weiss got, get some of their stuff and 
They head off into the sunset, only to return two years later in 2001 for The Mummy Returns, with also uh, the Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who I believe was mentioned earlier in this podcast. Um, people who would like this, people who like action movies, this is a, I mean, a beloved cult classic action movie. I don't know if it's even got cult status. It just may be classic action movie status. So, um, definitely check it out if that sounds like it might be up your alley. Um, any, anything to add to that either of you for who, who might like this? Just general audience, goofy fun. Like it's. It feels like they've come out with like 10 different versions of this movie in the last couple of years. Like there's like, you know, the Uncharted movie. There's that one with like uh, Ryan Reynolds. There was another one with Sandra Bullock where it's all like basically romancing the stone. It's all like rom-com slash Indiana Jones adventure movie. You know, yeah. There's a Selma Hayek one. Maybe that's the Ryan Reynolds one. No, Ryan Reynolds one had um, Wonder Woman in it. What's her name? Oh, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. That's a fun name to say. Almost. I think it's fun. actually said Gal Gadot. G dot. Um, okay. So with that, oh, what do you what do you say, uh, Max? Would you like to add anything to our final recommendations? Oh, I mean, I think you guys hit it pretty good um i know i talked at the beginning about how terrified i was as a kid of this movie but it it really is a good movie to watch with your kids especially if you're trying to get them into horror um i was a weak child so if if your children are not weak like i was then they'll be fine no i think i think 10 may be a little young for this I think this is probably about a 13, 14, 15 year old movie. I mean, no? I wouldn't be. No, 10 would be okay. I mean, it'd, it'd be pretty scary. Depends parts on who you are. But I had a um, experience as a kid with movies that also um, made just movies in general very scary for me because I was watching, I was spending time with my mom and dad while they were watching the news. And a news story came on about how a group of what happened? A news thing came on a a news story. We were watching the news. A news story came on about how a group of like first graders and their teacher went to the movies for a field trip and some dingus working at the movie theater switched out the movies and started playing some horror movie or, or something that was not appropriate for children. And I remember hearing that. And for years, every time I went to the theater with my parents, I was terrified that someone was going to switch out the movie for something scary. And so just starting movies was scary for me. That's such a little kid thing to get hung up on. That is exactly, that's a great story. And I love it. And thank you for sharing it with us because that's how my kids, probably all kids work that way. It's like, a thought gets in their head and then they're like, fuck, ah, I'm belabored by this thought for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> anywho, let's get into horror movie whores. Call us at 682-253-4468. Um, so who do we have first here? Um, 
I think we left off at September 5th. I can't play them, so you're going to need to play them. All right, here we go. Yo, what it do, Cheese Dicks? This is Dick Mancrease from Chesapeake, Virginia. I've been listening to you guys long. What? Yo, disregard this voice. I'm going to call back. My bad. <laughs> Was there a bunch Yo, of... Cheese dicks. This is Dick Mancrease from Chesapeake, Virginia. I haven't been listening to you guys for long, but man, did I strike gold when I found you. I'll be consuming your episodes like crazy. Mostly because I'm empty inside. Uh, I want to be a patron on Patreon. I'm totally going to do that because uh, I want to support your drug habit. But I'm only going to do that so I can listen to your episodes and not include on other apps because I still want to resort to using Google Play and listening to the ads that you two do for Manscaped because they're fucking hilarious. Uh, I don't want to miss that. Anyhowsers, thanks for the amazing content. I love you both. Your podcast is like a, uh, it's like a sore dick. Can't beat it. High praise. God bless our fans. High praise. God bless our fans. Who do we got next? Hey, Thanks for calling. This in. is Robert DeFarter. Um, just listening to your guys' afterpod, became a patron, and you guys were talking about the weather up there where you guys are at, like the rainy and stuff. Oh my gosh, what I would give for it to be cloudy and raining right now. In Utah, Provo at least, it's going to be over 100 the whole week. We're literally breaking records here. And, I mean, just a few days ago, one of the roads buckled, one of the highways, because of the heat. And it's it's just crazy down here. Anyways, you guys should review Army of Darkness and finish up the Evil Dead franchise. And, yeah. I'll see ya. Okay. <laughs> hey, there it is. Do you have any favorite? So I've made it very obvious. Robert's one of my very favorite callers. Max, do you have any favorite uh, callers to the show? Oh, this is um, embarrassing, but I usually uh, skip the. <gasps> How dare you? Oh! How dare you? I. <laughs> um, <laughs> You've left voicemails before. I have, and you know what? Um, uh, there's a lot of lot of social pressure from being a part of a community that uh, I try to avoid often. Hmm. <laughs> well, good on you for admitting it, like a man. Yeah, uh, takes a owning... big, man, big man to admit he's wrong. But right. um, for Robert, I also lived in Provo, Utah, for a while. I mm -hmm. I went to school there for a little bit. Um. Are you familiar with Robert the Farter? You don't listen to this. I'm kind of like, what, what do I do with you? Kind of. I like, have you know? heard Robert the Farter before. I mm -hmm. I don't skip every. T Sometimes I leave it playing. Listen, I've heard. Hey, I've heard it, some. It's uh. Sometimes he it. forgets to turn it off. You know. I get it. it like the the, uh, the voicemails. It's like it's mining for gold. You know. There's a lot yeah. of dirt. <laughs> a lot of dust. You got to pan it. You got to sieve it until you find that those nuggets like Robert the farter. Um, I like when glitter core calls in. Right. Cause she's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Glitter core is a big fan of Robert the farter, by the way. Um, his voice changed recently and everybody it's got everybody all up in arms. It, mm -hmm. He hasn't mentioned it, but um, it might be cause we haven't gotten to the, that time right. frame yet. Yeah. We're about a month behind. 
Okay, here's a long one without a transcript. It might be just road noises from someone butt dialing us, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, this is Natalie uh, from New Mexico. Sorry, it's still loud out here. Definitely Uh, road noises. I am sorry, I am hella distracted. Um, Yeah, I just listened to uh, your podcast about Firestarter. Um, so I'm a little bit behind. I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but um, good episode. Didn't really care too much for the movie personally, but anyway, uh, I liked your conversation about Jesus. I thought that was kind of cool because it it uh, woke up a lot of stuff. He's a non-denominational Protestant like church groups of sorts. Because I had the same question as a child of like, is Jesus perfect you know is he just is he a regular human like what's the deal and uh the basic answer i got was basically what bryce said that yeah he's god he's infallible all that but also that uh he became human uh strictly to provide a blood sacrifice basically because humans were imperfect and he was without sin so Instead of all the ritual blood sacrifice of the Old Testament, he was gonna, you know, step in for that and offer salvation to humanity, which is really fucked up. I actually really like Bryce's, or not Bryce's, sorry, well, Bryce, you were accurate, I feel like, but David's interpretation is a lot, uh, better and, uh, it, it seems a lot, um, more sensible. But, I you know, I don't know. Christianity, Religion in general, in my opinion, tends not to be very sensible. Anyway, this is very rambly. I'm a very rambly person. Um, I really just loved your guys' podcast. Uh, I'm a long-time listener. I guess maybe second-time caller? I, I'm not sure. It's been a while or so. But, uh, yeah, you guys, you have great podcast voices. You just soothe me and, and center me when I'm at work. It's, you're great to listen to. And I appreciate you as people. You seem to have really gone through a lot of traumas and ordeals and things, you know, regular life stuff. And you have taken the time to process all that, which is incredible. Uh, and it makes you really interesting uh, to listen to in regards to your opinions on movies and stories, you know. So that's really cool. Uh, and this message is super long. I'm super sorry. Super, super. Uh, oh, I wanted to ask, uh, have you guys watched the show Yellow Jacket? Because I just started it. I'm two episodes deep, and I already just love it. I think it's just great. It's already very haunting and uh, sticking with me in a, in a certain kind of way. So check it out. I guess if you haven't, it seems right in your lane. And all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stop talking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, these voicemails are fun, too, because it – people bring up conversations that we had like three months ago that I don't remember anything about, but I vaguely remember talking about like the doctrine around Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, it's, um, I mean, we said what we said and she, yeah, I, I, you learn from Jesus what you want to learn from Jesus, I guess, from that, from that story. Uh, the, the other thing, like, of, like, uh, us having, you know, life experiences and just being, uh, you know, interesting to listen to, um, the uh, sample size of, of, 
of like the voicemail is is uh very flattering you're like wow yeah we are great and then you, all you got to do is look at our apple reviews to get like drawn back down to earth think well that's true of every you know if you yeah. look at anybody's reviews it's just a bunch of bullshit. so as as a contrast i just pulled up our latest apple review no uh, uh, please i don't want to get into it I, it's gonna bum me out it's gonna bum me out man. all right i, I thought it would be funny it. no okay. i can't do it anymore um it's because they're angry you know they're just angry and i can't have that in my life i'm trying to be happy over here um no thanks for calling in and saying all those nice things natalie it really it helps my mental health a lot um and uh you know it makes a difference and i haven't seen yellow jackets of you no, but I've heard good things. Seen Yellowstone. What about you, Max? I've not seen Stone nor Jacket. Mm. Well, we'll have to get on that. Um, how many more of these do we want to do before we break it out? Let's just do two more. Two more. Two more. All right. Yo, what it do, boys? It's your boy Dick Mancrease from uh, Chesapeake, Virginia. Just calling back. Yo, dude, so I did a deep dive. I know I'm like a whole fucking year late to this, but I finally got around to watching Midnight Mass. Holy mother of God. That fucking show was thick, ropey loads of darkness and emotion and beauty. Oh my God. Uh, also, um, I listened to your after show after each and every one while I'm driving back and forth to work. Um, so that's, that's nice. You guys are like pointing stuff out, you know, that may, maybe I missed cause I'm silly and stupid. Um, and, uh, what else? Oh my God, dude, the last episode where you guys kind of went into, you know, what death meant to you and how Bryce, how you're a, a nihilistic sad sack of shit and, uh, what you're still, you know, your beliefs and Norm McDonald's beliefs and everything and how you, you know, you feel how faith is. Dude, that was fucking heavy. Heavy, uh, heavy like a whale of a lady, you know, laying across her diaphragm after four choices <laughs> drinking and whatnot. Um, anyway, I just really love the show. I love both of you guys. Um, and, uh, yeah, back, back to you pouring out your emotions, man. That was, that was super heavy. And thank you for sharing that. Anyways, love you boys. Keep up the great content. And, uh, yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Laters. That's Dick Mancrease from Chesapeake, Virginia. Mm-hmm. New, I feel like maybe maybe a new staple. I think that should be my intro intro now. What, um, Doctor Bryce Hans? I'm a nihilistic piece of or nihilistic sad sack piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the most accurate description I could put on there. That's that's fabulous. No, I actually, I too, Dick Mancrease, I too um, just finished watching uh, Midnight Mass uh, last week, a second time, and it was spectacular. Uh, it made me feel strong emotions. Um, I hope Netflix allows us to get screeners to Mike Flanagan's new thing, which is like the Midnight Club or something like that, some new Midnight thing, something like that. Um did you watch that, Max? Midnight Mass? Yeah. I love Midnight Mass. Yeah, I watched it um, alongside listening to 
um the what are they called that you guys did the the little episodes yeah and um oh man i just think that show's so great because it makes you feel deeply whether you're religious or not like you you see it from both angles and it hits you equally as hard and i love that about it yeah um Definitely. And, you know, actually, um, I, I hope it's okay to get into this. And if it's not something you want to talk about, that's fine. And we don't have to get into it deeply because we're at the end of the show. But when we first started talking to you, um, you, uh, I mean, I believe you're Mormon still, Max, is that correct? I am. Yeah. Bryce is ex-Mormon. So I feel like you guys connected over that. And, um, and, yeah, religion is definitely, it's an, it's a super interesting thing and it affects everyone. Um, and everyone has opinions about it and who knows how right or wrong any of them are. But, um, but yeah, I feel like it's one of the more interesting things that we're able to talk about on this show. Um, just because everybody does feel so differently about it. Like Natalie's earlier call about, um, you know, Jesus being perfect and, and all that. Um, do you, do you find you're able to talk about religious stuff at all when, when it comes to music? On your show? There's been a couple times um, where um, the album we're listening to has uh, religious point of views. Um, most Mostly they're usually negative. Um, we've had a couple that were um, pro-religion. And we have had some talks about it, but my co-host is, um, he's atheist. So we we don't agree on much there. And so we're, it's, it's not like we argue about it at all. We don't. Um, I respect his opinions um, a lot. But there's not much that we can talk about that we agree on. Mm. Yeah, that can be, that can be, uh, that can actually make for much more interesting conversations, I feel like, or at least um, more heated, which tend to be hold people's interest better. You want to, should we, should we finish up last call? Sure. One more. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's Dick Mancrease again. Yeah. Yo, it's Dick Mancrease again from History Virginia. Sorry for blowing this thing up. Listen, fucking David said that we get it. You know, we're we're not for everybody. He said that in I think the last episode of the Midnight Mass podcast from fucking last year. Yeah, I know. I'm late. Anyways, he said that. How dare you? Horror movie talk. It's for everyone. And if they don't like it, then they're fucking wrong. That's a fabulous one. I'm glad we decided that one to end on. Right, right. Well uh, said, Dick Mancrease. Well said. <laughs> it's for everyone. So, if you don't like it, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, just keep listening and we'll grow on you like fungus or something like that. Um, something spooky. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening or watching on our on our YouTube channel. Subscribe over there. Um, we really appreciate you and all that you do for us. Calling in, listening, uh, giving us nice review or supporting us on Patreon. All that stuff really matters and it helps us out a lot. Um, you guys should definitely go check out Disc Review over on YouTube. Give Max uh, a listen because he's been nothing but great to us. And he's got some really intelligent takes on music that will make you go, hmm. Max, you want to you wanna, um, 
plug any of your uh, any of your socials or anything like that? Sure. So um, on YouTube, we we mainly focus on YouTube right now, and so it's just disc review. You might have to scroll down a little bit because we don't have a lot of followers right now, and so mainly when you type in disc review, you're going to get lots of frisbee stuff. But <laughs> go past the frisbee stuff. We're down there. Um, we're also on Spotify, same name, Disc Review, and Instagram, the Disc Review Podcast. So yeah, any of those would be fantastic. Fabulous. Yeah, go check them out and uh, and have a good time listening to music stuff. Um, Bryce, you got anything else for everyone? How do we, how do we end this thing? Um, I just went blank. Like I just oh yeah, if you uh, yeah, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't. Yeah, a nice Bye. one. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Have a great day. Here's Bye. Max's. We're gonna play out to Max's outro or intro outro. Intro outro. Intro at the end. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk. An opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Go, 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 go. Sabrina, don't just stare at it, eat it. New theatrical releases always get priority. But we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Uh, uh, uh. Wow, that didn't sound good. <laughs>